You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. We got a lot to talk about today, so let's just get right into it. Uh, So an interesting rumor broke on MLB Network that the Dodgers want to go out of their way to land Francisco Lindor. The general feeling seems to be around baseball that the Indians aren't going to be calling you about Lindor, but they'll listen. And if you bowl them over, they would do a deal. I mean, it makes sense. It should be the way every team operates, really. I mean, if a team wants to do something really foolish, let them. And if you're the Dodgers, you have the depth to be incredibly foolish. Um, You know, last year, they traded some pieces to go get Manny Machado. They actually got back better value when they traded away Alex Wood, who didn't really pitch this year, and half a year of Puig, who eventually was flipped by the Reds. I mean, the Reds, Josiah Gray and Jeter Downs, both uh, had massive years this year, really jumped up, top 100 prospects everywhere you look. And one could argue that was the two best prospects that got traded in the last two, three years by any team. So, yeah, and that stands out. This is a Dodgers system, you can argue, is deeper now than it's ever been. Um We'll go into the Dodgers in depth, kind of make this the Dodgers show. But they have, I mean, you just keep going down. When some, like, their catcher depth is absolutely ridiculous. So they got Will Smith up in the majors. Kiber Ruiz is in AAA and is viewed in most places as the top catching prospect in baseball. Diego Cartagena is down in rookie ball and is one of those big-time uh, international signings guys. I've been a huge fan of Connor Wong dating back to his days at Houston where he was he just did everything and he just keeps I, what I like about Wong is he continues to be that guy who could probably play like six different positions on the diamond uh, I feel like I'm leaving off a catcher somewhere but to have three legitimate catching prospects that's it's not something you see very often um, Wong this year you know only had a 118 WRC uh, runs created plus in a ball and a 175 in double a so yeah he just hit uh 24 home runs across two levels this year and nothing nothing big i mean he's someone who the arrow is sticking up on and again he's someone who can play like catcher he could play second he could well yeah catcher second first third i think he could play all those positions and that's and this is a guy who's not even in their top 10 prospects uh it's i mean they're loaded it's crazy to look look down this list i'm a big dj peters guy in triple a this past year he uh he continued to do DJ Petery things. He's played center field at six foot six. Everyone knows he's going to move to the corner, but you know, another year in the minors, another twenty home run season. Twenty seventeen, twenty seven home runs. Twenty eighteen, twenty nine home runs. Splits between two levels, twenty three home runs. And he's not even a top ten prospect for the Dodgers. It's it's absolutely phenomenal. The depth they have built as an organization, top to bottom, is is really something to behold. Um, yeah, it's, it, at this point, I would probably call it the top minors in baseball. I know Padres fans are screaming at me, but I, I kind of talked about with the Padres. They've kind of thinned a little bit at the top end of things. Um, whereas you look at the Dodgers where Dustin May and Gavin Lux are still, you can argue which one's the top one, but those guys both still count as rookies. And you had in, you know, Ruiz, Gray, Downs, Tony Goslin. Uh, Cody Hose and Michael Bush from this year's draft. I mentioned Cartagena and Wong. 
Dennis Santana is another interesting pitcher that they have. Uh, they're just loaded. It's it's crazy. It's at all the positions teams want and or need to have depth at. Um, they've done a phenomenal job building their minors while being, you know, constantly in contention. Uh, they've managed to be very successful in the international market. You can spend a lot and not be successful in the international market. Look at the Texas Rangers for a classic example of that. I mean, that's a team that spent as much as anyone for a few years now but has really struggled to develop uh, those players. But that has not been the case with the Dodgers. So the Dodgers are a team that legitimately could go out there and add Lindor. So let's just talk about the Dodgers as they are built. Okay. So the Dodgers are a team going into next year, looking at a using sports track for my 2020 payroll, looking at a payroll of about $177 million going into next year. Justin Turner makes about $20 million, so you can eliminate that. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, $31 million. Kenley Jansen will probably opt out at a base of $18 million. A.J. Pollock uh, is going to be at about twelve, million, which, yeah, that's less than ideal. Um, so that one hundred seventy-seven was including Jed Gallarco, who they won't keep, so that knocks him down to one hundred sixty-four. Looking at Bellinger getting up to about $12 million. And if you believe the talk, it was last year when the Indians offered any trade to the Dodgers, the Indians wanted Bellinger or bust, which I can appreciate, but it didn't work. The Dodgers also have Joe Kelly, who they are overpaying as a reliever. And you got Jock Peterson, Corey Sager, Sager, Seager, Enrique Hernandez, Chris Taylor, Max Muncy. Kenta Maeda has this fantastically cheap contract. Um, yeah, and they're still going to be paying a little bit of money to uh, Homer Bailey and Hector Oliveira, who like four teams are paying him still. That's one of those horrible, horrible signings that is... Uh, maybe the worst international signing um, during my lifetime. Now, if we look at who are their free agents, who are they going to have to replace this year? Well, uh, Hui Jin Ryu is the obvious one. Uh, at 33 years age, thirty-three years of age, slight build, injury history, it's pretty safe with their internal depth that they'll probably let him go. Now, they can't give him the qualifying offer because he accepted that last year and they offered it to him, especially when you look at the fact that like his, uh, I'm saying like a lot today instead of um like, but uh, his performance in the second half did not match the first half. Russell Martin was a rarely used backup. Rich Hill had his his moments, but I think they'll be glad to be uh, just moving on from that, uh, the money owed there. So it really, if Jansen opts out, now the problem for them is if Jansen opts out, this is a team that has a a lot of bullpen issues. That, that's really their weakest spot. Um, you look at some of the terrible decisions they made in the postseason, and some of that was usage of their pitching. Starting-wise, even if he, uh, Ryu leaves and Hill leaves, so what does that leave the Dodgers in terms of last year? Who had the most starts on this team? We well, used to have Kershaw, where no matter what you want to say about him, I mean, he's a three eight six four whip. He's still a solid pitcher. He is not Clayton Kershaw four years ago. He's not Clayton Kershaw three years ago. He's not really a number one anymore in the purest sense. But as a number two, he's really good, and that's fine. You put him in that two role and you move on. Walker Bueller is in the process of becoming their number one anyways. He's excellent. So if you have Bueller one, Kershaw two, Kenta Maeda you probably want is more of a four or five. Rich Hill and Rayu I mentioned are out. Ross Stripling has been really effective as a starter for them. Um... So if you make Maeda your five, Stripling is your four. I mean, at that point, your three is either going to be uh, Dustin May, 
Tony Gonsolin or Julio Reyes. And that's a lot of pitching depth. I didn't even mention, you know, Dennis Santana, another interesting pitcher who is an option for them. So they, the starting pitching issue is not so much of an issue. I think long-term you probably want to consider moving Gosselin to the pen. Um, you know, the, the velocity is there. He's always been a good athlete. He, he has the size to start. You know, he's a two-way guy that always get a, a bunch of talk-ups. But when you're hitting, uh, you're hit, you know, he's interesting as a senior sign. But at six foot two, and you're hitting a hundred, just he seems like the one most destined to move to the pen. But while I'm saying all this, I mean Josiah Gray is already up to Double A. He could be ready to help them in a year. Dustin May is the one. I mean, honestly, at this point, if I am the Dodgers, uh, it goes Bueller, Kershaw. I probably go Reyes, May. And then have Maeda, and I keep stripling in kind of that depth backup swing guy role, and have Goslin work out of the pen. But yeah, they have the starting pitching depth. So in spite of what they're losing, it's it's still an incredibly deep roster because they have so many options to go with. So before we move on to this trade, let's look at the positions on this team. Uh, catcher Austin Barnes didn't really work. Russell Martin didn't really work. Will Smith was working, um, so he'll get their first shot at catcher. You know, he's been a, a hot former first-round pick, big prospect. They're set there. Max Muncy, just leave him at first. He has two years in a row of high-level production. Um, Corey Seager is never he's, – he's been overrated. Can we be honest with that? Corey Seager had that fantastic, fantastic, fantastic rookie season uh, where he looked like he was going to be, you know, the, the – the next big thing, the next great player. And it just really hasn't developed from there. Um, next year was a 5-7, so he went down a little, but was still quite good. Uh, but since then, he's just not been able to stay healthy, and when he's been out there, he's performed adequately. Uh, he's going to be a free agent at the same time Lindor is, so I've seen some talk about, well, Lindor for Seager and pieces. Seager does not carry anywhere near the value of Lindor at this point. His value is is taken a big hit um if you get Lindor and you are the Dodgers I mean they might there's talks that they might try to flip Seager somewhere else I I don't he's not a proven commodity at this point but if you keep him there is a situation or a way you could play this essentially where uh Justin Turner who continues to play really well but uh defensively is kind of a disaster at third at this point uh, maybe he shifts over to first base, paying him a lot of money. Um, I, what do you do with Max Muncie at that point? Well, Max Muncie, you look at with them, he's played some time at second. He's been passable there. Some first, some third, some outfield. Um, if you have a Lindor, you can play a Muncie at second. And, I mean, you look, Max Muncie had nearly a six war last year. I mean, it was just, he's... One of the best players that no one talks about. Back-to-back 35 home run years. Um, he's walking. He had 79 and 90 walks. He's like a plus version of Santana. Uh, it's just, it's unbelievable. Um, I mean, him and Santana were very similar players this year in terms of production. But, so, you can have a someone like a Muncie work at second. You put Turner at first, you move Seager to third. All of a sudden, that offense looks very different if you're the Dodgers. The outfield, I mean, they're paying a lot of money to Pollock, but it was a questionable move at the time. You got Bellinger in right, Peterson 
and left. And offensively, you probably just want to put Verdugo in center. And I think he's got the tools to be an above-average defensive center fielder. All of a sudden, when you add in Will Smith, a catcher, that's a pretty darn good team. Now, of course, you got to figure out what you're doing with Pollock. you got to figure out if you keep Seager. Uh, Chris Taylor, does he just stay in that super backup role? Um, Matt Beatty was actually a decent performer a year ago for them. And then that kind of eliminates Gavin Lux and what you'd have him do. So that kind of brings it kind of brings us back around to the Indians. So any deal for Lindor kind of has to revolve around Gavin Lux. That's just the being in the end. And if you are the Dodgers and you're like, our time is now and we're going all in, I don't think you have a problem trading Gavin Lux. Um, he could be great, but Lindor is already great. Lindor is the best shortstop in baseball. So that's where you kind of start with on these returns if you're the Indians thing is you need another piece now inevitably I've kind of talked about I think the Indians need to ask for a Chris Taylor because they need an infielder if you look at that if you look at a Taylor and Lux that's probably still not enough I don't think that you're going to you know you're not gonna get Lux in May probably not gonna get Lux in Ruiz but you know it's one of those things could you do a Lux a Taylor and then you know, someone like a Connor Wong where the Indians value kind of flexibility, yeah, you might be able to do those three and then still get a fourth piece of value. You know, you can go down the list with the Dodgers and maybe get a DJ Peters to help with that kind of outfield situation. Um, I'm not huge on Sharon Kendall, but he's, you know, one of those guys that um, at one point had first overall hype. I think I think this year, he, I mean, he had a rebound. I don't know if it was enough especially for a guy who's still in double high A's. I mean, I, I like to talk about Jaron Kendall, but I don't think he's really a guy that makes a ton of sense. Um, yeah, I mean, I think outside of maybe trying to get Josiah Gray or a Jeter Downs as your third piece, um, I mean, maybe that's where it works. So maybe that's your deal. So if you were the Indians, you try to get Tyler Lux, trying to get either Gray or Downs, and then you're trying to get someone like Wong or Peters. Um, I just keep hitting on Peters because he is so incredibly buried. But for the Indians, he would at least be in the conversation. He would get a shot in spring training with some of their outfield depth. And again, all he's done is play center field, be a six foot six power-hitting monster, and show above-average tools to the point where people are like, well, maybe he could play center. It won't be great, but maybe he could stick there which is kind of impressive in and of itself. But, yeah, that's he's Rule 5 eligible this year, which is another kind of general negative to his case for the Dodgers if they're trying to uh, starting to have to deal with the, the numbers crunch of having such a deep minors. But, yeah, that would pretty much be my ask. Now, that might be an incredibly high ask, but if you're moving Lindor, you you have to do an incredibly high ask. Um, it, Gavin Lux is... is he's has to be moved that has to occur and from the Dodgers point of view it's like moving moving Lux hurts it hurts a lot but if you can keep Jeter downs you can still be like okay we have another shortstop of the future type um or you can be like hey we'll pay to keep Lindor we are one of the teams that can afford to keep Lindor we won't have to worry about a shortstop for the next decade um we can I mean the Dodgers can afford to give Lindor that like godfather offer in two years if he wants to hit free agency, they can be like, fine, but we'll match it, and he'll stay. Like, I feel like 
the Dodgers might feel like, well, if we wait two years, problem is if you wait in two years, there's no guarantee Dustin May is going to work out. There's no guarantee any of these prospects are going to become anything. We've seen too many big-name prospects fail. You're losing what's left of the, the Kershaw prime years. You're losing some of that prime Walker Bueller time. The best window to win is the next two years. That's why they need to trade for Lindor. And that's why, you know, if they're like, we can't move Taylor because we're afraid of the depth, that's when you're like, okay, well, Lux. And, you know, with the Indians, are like, like I said, Lux, Peters, who is, that's what I wanted to check and see. Um, he's right-handed, gives you another right-handed bat. Um, but Lux, Peters, Josiah Gray, or in this case, you know what, honestly, if they're like, <clears throat> we need to keep Taylor in town, I'd be like, fine, well, you've got, uh, you got Will Smith, you're set a catcher, so I want Lux, Ruiz, Peters, and then um, probably at that point I'm asking for Gray as the fourth, but you need to get, I mean, you look at someone like Manny Machado, who I think at this point uh, didn't have the value of Lindor because there had been some inconsistencies, which Lindor has not had. He's been, outside of injury, extremely productive. And Machado went for as a six-month rental, one top 50 prospect, and three other good pieces. We're essentially asking for, in the proposed deal, two top 20 prospects, which is a heck of a price anymore. You don't see those happen very rarely, but you also don't see a lot of guys of the Lindor value traded, one of the top 10 players in all of baseball, and asking for three players in the top 100, and then an interesting fourth. I, I mean, four pieces is going to be the minimum. You know, the Indians got five for Bauer, but they're they're going to get four. And the nice thing is, like I said, Peters can come in and compete for the roster now. He could be one of those guys who helps you figure out that outfield mess. Lux just moves into the shortstop role. Ruiz could be the catcher of the future because... Honestly, I'm not sure that uh, outside of Bo Naylor, there's anyone who sets up for that position. But at the same time, Roberto Perez played well enough that, you know, my ask is probably too high. So if it ends up being like Lux, Gray, Gonslin, or Downs plus Peters, who I'm just going to always stick, I'm also going for that, you know. Um, Because essentially, like if you can get Jeter Downs, who was pretty productive this year at double-A, Downs and Lux could end up being the uh, keystone combo for the next decade for the Indians. So it's just something to consider. This is a, a Dodgers heavy episode because of the rumor that came out. It seemed only appropriate that we talk about the, the Dodgers and explain, yeah, that there is 100% a way a deal makes sense. The Dodgers can make that grandfather deal that the Indians can't say no to. The, no matter what happens when the Indians make that trade, doesn't matter if they won in everybody's eyes they're going to lose in the fan base's eyes because Lindor is the most beloved player the Indians have produced in recent memory they can't win in the court of social uh, opinion so they can only win by utterly dominating so they can't you know the Indians have been accused of trying to win all of their deals and that typically comes from the Yankees and reports who have a overvalued minor league system but this is a case where the Indians have to win and would have to win without a doubt, to make a deal make any sense for them from the public relations fallout. And that's why they need to get four pieces, two of which have to be two of the top 50 prospects in baseball. Um, they have to they have to get high-end pieces to even consider it, because it's two years. And I'll just repeat that again. It's two full seasons. 
Machado for six months for half a season netted a top 50 and three other interesting pieces. Do the math. So that would mean to, you know, four times the value for Lindor plus the draft pick you get back if, if he leaves makes him infinitely more valuable at this stage in the game than Machado, which is why someone like a Gavin Lux plus multiple other valuable pieces makes a lot of sense and why the Indians would have to consider it if the Dodgers did indeed make that grandfather offer. And frankly, the Dodgers are one of the only teams that could make one of those ridiculous grandfather offers that would make the Indians go, well, okay, let's talk about it. Thank everyone for listening. Um, this will be a, an interesting one in terms of discussions. Reminder to hit me up on Jeff MLB Draft to uh, send questions for the mailbag show. We've got some interesting news coming from 24-7 Sports in the next week that you're going to want to see. Uh, all of a sudden, that subscription is going to get really good. Uh, that's kind of a spoiler alert at the front of this. And uh, as always, go Tribe.